Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorinda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. It's a devotional I wrote specifically for homeschool moms, applying passages of scripture to motherhood and homeschooling, and finally, the four-hour school day, how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life. You can find all three of these books at my website, DorendaWilson.com. You can also find them on Amazon. You can find the four-hour school day, both of those places, and at any of your favorite booksellers. Well, I'm excited today to be talking about our family's simple routine. But first, I want to tell you just a little bit about my friends over at Homeschooling Today. You know, if you've decided to homeschool and listen to this podcast, I'm guessing you have a desire to slow down and enjoy the journey. My friends at Homeschooling Today magazine share our hearts for homeschooling. The print magazine is gorgeous. When it comes in the mail, you'll want to get away and savor it. Yes, you'll find great ideas for teaching that will inspire you, but you'll also feel emboldened to homeschool in a way that helps your kids discover who God created them to be. One of the main reasons that we're homeschooling, right? But that's one reason that I love writing for them. I know that they're passionate about homeschooling and have a deep desire to help you homeschool boldly, to remind you that we're in this together and to help you see past the present trials into the reality of your true calling, equipping your children to be the remarkable people that God has created them to be. I will leave a link in the show notes to go check out Homeschooling Today. Now, as I've encouraged you all to simplify and slow down in your family life and homeschooling, a lot of you have asked what our family's routine actually look like. It can be so helpful to look at someone else's routine because it can give us uh, some ideas, a jumping off place. But honestly, I sometimes feel like, especially when we're trying to simplify, um, what we need is inspiration and we need permission. We need permission that it's okay to simplify, that your kids are actually going to be okay. And since I'm on the other end of this thing and looking back and not regretting one bit that we kept this routine throughout the years. And the thing that I loved about it was it, it kind of just it, it kind of just grew with our family. And it, you know, it was just it was really just an answer from the Lord. And you know, I've shared this topic um, or this routine off and on in various podcasts, but I never made it <clears throat> the main topic. So that's why I decided to do this today is because, you know, sometimes you want to hear just that and it's plugged into other parts and pieces of other podcasts and it's you, it's impossible to find it. So now um, this will be something you can search for um, in the search bar on my podcast page. So if you go to my website, DorendaWilson.com, go to the podcast page, there's a search bar there and you can put in keywords to find podcasts that are actually gonna meet your needs right now, what you need to hear about. And since I have over 300 podcasts, it's a great way to hone in on a more personal, um, you know, just what you need 
right now in this season for encouragement. So be sure to use that search bar. But the reason that I wanted to give this title is so that people could search it and it'd come right up and they'd have uh, hopefully the answers or at least some inspiration, um, answers to their questions and some inspiration. So I want to share just a little bit of background about this routine. And by the way, it's listed on page 54 of my book, The Unhurried Homeschooler, that I mentioned earlier. Um, if you want to have it in, you know, like a hard copy or if you already own the book and uh, you kind of forgot it was there, um, I'm referencing that for you so you can go and find it there. But I want to give a little bit of background on how we ended up with this routine. So I had a pretty good, I'm kind of a routine oriented person anyway. I like um, I like a routine with some flexibility. But as we continue to have children, it became uh, more and more clear that I needed to be um, even more intentional and really contemplative about how I was going to do this. Um, and that happened for me when I was pregnant with our sixth and our oldest was nine years old. The only thing, the only way that I can explain it is that the Holy Spirit was prompting me. I just had this feeling, this gut feeling like I just needed to spend the time really contemplating um, kind of how we were going to manage the household with that many children, nine and under. And so... Um, so I was praying about it, and you know, this, this was at a point where there there was no internet. At least I didn't have access to it. I think it was just not really a thing yet until after our sixth was born, because this was around the year uh, he was born in two thousand. So, so I had heard. Maybe I maybe I was at a conference. I only went to one conference. I think I've got, I've told you guys this story. One conference way at the beginning. Anyway, I don't know where I heard about this um, this particular thing, but it's called Managers of Their Homes, and they actually are still uh, publishing the book. And um, I'd heard about it from a friend, and so I went ahead and ordered it. And I just kind of went through this book. Um, I did not read the whole thing, but I just sort of skimmed it. And then I kind of um, went through the steps that she suggested and spent time really praying and thinking. She really does encourage you to do that. So that's kind of what landed me on this routine. And you know, it's really just been such a great baseline for us throughout all the years. You know, we've tweaked things here and there, but it's pretty much stayed the same all the years of our kids growing up. And what I found was, you know, every now and then, you know, you get nervous. You think, oh my gosh, maybe this is overly simplified. Maybe I need to add more stuff. Maybe they're getting older and I can add more things to it. And I would try to do that. And... It unfailingly would would just backfire on me. We needed to keep this specific uh, skeleton routine um, because it worked for our family. And you know that's what I want to challenge you to do is to really think through what is going to work for your family. So this is something that you should put prayer into, thought into. Um, maybe you have a a pretty good routine, but you're thinking it might need a little tweaking. Maybe it's overcomplicated and you want to simplify and you just want to look at my simple routine and go off of that. Absolutely do that. But I will include a link in the podcast notes for the book Managers of Their Homes. So 
I think that one of the reasons that it worked so well for us, there's actually many reasons. Um, it left margin for play and interests and hobbies. And that margin was also time for me to have in the afternoons to do other things because there are other things we need to do, right? As keepers of our homes, as managers of our homes, there are other activities that we need to participate in in order to keep our households running well. I need to do meal planning. I need to do grocery shopping. Um, and there's maintenance on the home. And of course, we we really work to include our kids in all of that. But I needed to think through these things and where we could plug who in to it. And, and every now and then, it would have to be tweaked or um, reworked in terms of who was doing what for chores because they got older and they were capable of more and younger ones were coming up and I needed to plug them in as soon as possible because I'm a big believer in chores. And you can listen to that podcast, Chores, Why They Are Essential, if uh, that's not one you've listened to. So um, so there was margin for play. There was margin for me. Um, it also ensured that the house would stay in some semblance of order. So one of the things you have to consider as you're considering your routine is what are your needs as a mom? I needed a certain amount of order in my home, okay? I knew it couldn't be perfect. That just wasn't an option. But what things needed to happen on a daily basis, then on a weekly basis, and then maybe even on a monthly basis? And how am I going to um, plug those in in order to make sure that they happen? So, because I needed that order. Um, the other things that went on with this, this routine was it taught our kids the reality of taking care of a home. You know, we want our kids to have a, a realistic view of what life as an adult looks like, okay? So when I go to work and come home, I still have to fix dinner. I still have to maintain my home. I still have to do yard work. Those things are always there. It's part of stewardship. It's part of stewarding what God has given us. And there are a lot of people who don't understand that anymore. And I wanted our kids to have an understanding of that. The other thing is as they're doing chores and helping to maintain the home and the yard, um, you know, they learned this, this balance, this moderation. We had... Um, you know, we had book time in the morning, we had margin in the afternoon for them to explore and do hobbies and all of that. But so there's play involved and um, just more independent time. And then there was uh, also, there was, you know, time for our meals together, meal prep, meal cleanup. And I will get to the routine here in just a minute, but I just wanted to share with you why I think this routine works so well for us. And, and so that you can kind of maybe get a vision for maybe some tweaks you could make in your routine that might better suit your needs and also maybe do just a little bit better of uh, at training uh, your children. So the other thing that happens that happened along the way was because of all this different these different activities that were going on throughout the day and these efforts to maintain our home and all of that um, our kids learn teamwork they learned communication. They learned responsibility. Um, I just, I can't even begin to explain how this has impacted their lives as adults. And, you know, I think that's one thing if you're listening, 
um, you have to realize that, you know, I am many years down the road and I'm looking back and I am so glad that I implemented all the things that I did because as I've said in so many other podcasts, you know, chores are educational, conversations are educational, hobbies are educational, interests are educational. We have to expand our view of what education really is. We are educating the whole child, spirit, soul, and body, and we are preparing them for life. In fact, you know, that whole idea of expanding our view of education is one that I really spend a lot of time on in the four-hour school day because I think our view of education is too microscopic. Um, we need to understand that education is so much broader than the, the labels and things that we have given it in our culture. So um, the, the thing that I did with this was I took this basic routine and I would create a version. I'm going to share this routine with you in a minute, but I would create a version that included everyone's responsibilities and I printed it up and I hung it on the fridge. And the reason that I did that was, was several reasons. One, if I was gone and the kids like kind of lost their brains and they forgot what it is they were supposed to be doing, it's right there no excuses. It's on the fridge. If I were gone and my husband, if I was gone and my husband were there, he didn't have to try to figure it out or ask the kids. He could simply look at the facts on that sheet on the refrigerator. And he knew exactly what the kids were supposed to be doing. Same thing if we had a babysitter. It was all right there in black and white. So the kids couldn't, you know, they couldn't weasel their way out of it. They couldn't try to pretend that it didn't, you know, that there wasn't things they were supposed to, there weren't things they were supposed to be doing. Um, so it really helped up the accountability um, when I was gone. It also helped me not get overwhelmed because, you know, sometimes my brain was thinking about something else. And then I realized, wait a second, I think these kids are supposed to be doing something. And I don't actually want to try to think about what that is. I'm going to go to the sheet on the refrigerator and see for myself. And, and so it sort of takes the emotion out of it and sort of takes the mom out of it, okay? So here are the facts up on this refrigerator. This is our routine. This is what we're doing, okay? So all of a sudden, it's not as much of a power struggle, not all the time, but it does help prevent power struggles because as you are consistent in that routine, the kids tend to fight you less and less and less and they embrace and accept the fact that this is the routine and this is the way we're going to live. And I love that because our kids have actually taken that into their adult lives. Like they understand consistency. They understand the value of plotting. They understand the value of managing your time and stewarding your home. Um, so these are all the reasons why I loved having this routine. So I'm going to go briefly go over the routine. Again, if you have the Unhurried Homeschooler, you can look on page 54 and you'll find it. Um, right there under sample schedule. All right, so the first thing our kids did every morning was make their beds and tidy their rooms. And the reason was 
that was the first thing. That's the first place that they are every morning. If I had to try to rein them back in once they leave their rooms and go start doing other things, it's like herding cats, right? Don't come out of your room until your bed is made and your room is tidied. Okay, so that was the first thing. So if I saw them wandering around, I would say, have you made your bed and tidied your room yet? Oh, no, 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 get back in there. Go take care of that first. That is the first thing you do. So it's also a great life habit. And so that would happen first. Then we would prepare breakfast and do a kitchen tidy. So we'd have the breakfast and then there's always the cleanup afterwards and chores were assigned in terms of who is going to clear the table, who's going to sweep, who's going to load the dishwasher, all that kind of thing. So now we've got breakfast out of the way and they move on to some more chores, things like taking out the garbage, feeding the animals, tidying the main living spaces if they had somehow become uh disheveled because I we tried to have everything picked up the night before so we wouldn't wake up to a house of chaos, but things happen. And so we'd tidy the main living spaces if necessary, get dressed, etc. Now what I don't have on this schedule and I think is very, very important is I left margin in there. When I was deciding how long these chores should take, you always pad in some margin for discipline, for training, for... Um, you know, just, it just takes the pressure off, the time pressure off. So what I would do is I would also build margin into that time frame for inspections. Because I always say you can't expect what you're not willing to inspect. So I'm going to go to the kids' rooms and I'm going to check their rooms. I'm going to see what kind of job they did. And they know I'm going to check it. So they're likely going to do a little better job. And of course, our children are in training. So we want to say, gosh, you did a great job of this. Wonderful job over here. I'm seeing something else that isn't quite right. Can you show me what it is? Can you figure out what it is? This causes them to have to own what they're doing. It also trains their eyes to see what is out of place. Initially, when we first started this, uh, my kids thought that a clean room was if the middle of the room was cleared out. Didn't matter if all the toys were off to the side, under the bed, all of that. Um, they thought the room was clean. So we had some retraining that we needed to do, some training that we needed to do in that. And so we would just work on this. And this was plodding day by day, day in, day out. I would sometimes, you know, it, it depends on how far you want to take it. Sometimes I would even check their drawers. If that's something that's important to you, that their clothes stay neat, then make that part of the requirements and part of the expectations and the inspections. But make sure that you're also encouraging. So some praise um, and then maybe a little bit of correction or direction and then some more praise. So kind of like a sandwich or a hamburger. That's kind of how you want to think of that. So after that was done, we would move on to schoolwork. And that, that length of time was determined by the child's age and study level. So when we had lots of littles, I would have one older child at a time play with and watch the younger ones for around 20 minutes because that seemed to be about the, the longest amount of time that the little one would cooperate and all of that. Sometimes when they were older, 
um, they were able to entertain them for 30 minutes, but 20 minutes would at least give me time to work with a child if necessary. Um, So that schoolwork lasted pretty much the rest of the morning until noon. Now, granted, if they're in kindergarten, we were either doing zero, maybe 30 minutes total, zero to 30 minutes of schoolwork. And if you wonder why in the world so little, just read the four-hour school day or the unhurried homeschooler, and you'll understand why. There's a lot of good reasons for it. So, you know, some of the kids would participate in the schoolwork for a short time, and then I would cut them loose to play or whatever. Sometimes we were doing, I was doing read-alouds with them, you know, where we would do that all together, and then they would break up and they would do their individual work. I really, really encouraged independence as soon as possible. So as soon as our kids were reading, writing, and doing basic math, um, they were expected to open up their workbooks and get to work. And they knew how many pages they needed to do every day. And then I would check it afterwards. That's another thing that I don't have in the sample schedule. I checked their schoolwork on a daily basis. It was so much easier than waiting until the end of the week. And I would do it with them pull them into the conversation, invite them into the conversation about their schoolwork. Again, they know it's going to be checked, so they're going to do a better job, hopefully. And I would have them kind of look it over themselves. Okay, then when you think you're done, bring it to me. And we would go over the math and then we would talk about it, you know, the things they got wrong. Do you know what you did wrong here? And if you had to do that again, how would you do that? Um, Going over their writing, um, you know, very good punctuation, There's a pause here in this sentence. I'm going to say it for you. And I want you to to show me where the comma goes because the comma is like a pause. And so you read it back to them. So you're doing it together and you're going over it together. This waylays so many problems. A couple of things. One, I had one child who said she was doing her schoolwork. But when I actually checked it, she hadn't done her math for like two weeks. So I did not want that to happen again. That was sort of the catalyst for the going over their schoolwork every day. The other thing was that it allowed me to know exactly where they were at any given moment. And that was very, very helpful as a homeschooling mom because as we're you know doing other activities and I'm trying to engage them maybe in something else outside of schoolwork, I have a really great uh, pulse on where they are, what they can handle and all of that and kind of how to communicate with them and what things to talk about. Um, so that was really great. I, I loved that. And then they felt like their work was completed and they were cut loose. It was like freedom for them. And um, our, our kids have always said, you know, really getting through the schoolwork in the morning, our motivation was that we had this margin in the afternoon that I'm going to talk about in a minute. And so that was a real big motivation for them to get through it, to do it, to get it checked, and to move on. And so it it was like closure for them. So after schoolwork was, of course, lunchtime. We had a lunch tidy afterwards, of course, and then a general tidy in the house, again, if needed. Because with that many kids, it was amazing how quickly things sort of fell apart. So I had, you know, regular tidy times just to keep my my sense of sanity, my sense of well-being, um, because that's important as moms. You know, we can't have it perfect. We, we don't need to be um, ridiculously perfectionistic about it, but we do need to consider um, 
what, how we're wired. And you know, God put us with our children. And so he knew that we, he knew that I was wired this way and that, that this would be a good way to train our children. And I think it's just good in general to teach tidiness and neatness. And, um, you know, I just believe that as, as believers, we're called to bring order to the world. You know, there's always chaos. Everything tends toward chaos, but God has called us to be stewards of this garden that he's given us. And so we tend it well, we maintain it well, we steward it well, and we bring order to chaos over and over and over again. And it seems mundane and it seems like pointless, but it's not. I'm telling you, it is not. It glorifies God every time we bring order to chaos. And we can teach that to our children as well. So after lunch and a general tidy, there was always naps and quiet reading time. And yes, even as teenagers, I had them do this. Teaching them moderation, teaching them balance, teaching them that there is a time to rest. And it's okay to take a rest in the middle of the day. Our culture is such a culture of hurry, hurry, hurry. And our children need to understand and live out that rest is a gift from the Lord and it is a good thing. Not to mention that it helped keep my sanity as a mom just to have the house quiet for an hour or two, depending on the season that we were in. After that came independent time. You can call it free time, but it was really about exploring, experimenting, play of all sorts, interests and hobbies, especially as the kids got older. They were into digital music and playing guitar and writing poems and, oh my goodness, so many things. But whatever was just sort of like they're fancy that day. They could do it. But my rule, and I talk about this in the four-hour school day, was that it had to have some sort of productivity, some sort of creativity. So uh, we wanted our kids to be, um, we didn't want them to be consumers. We wanted them to be producers. And we live in a culture that is just absolutely overrun with consumers. And that is what is encouraged. That is not what God encourages us to do. God is a God of order, but he's also a God of productivity. And so I consider, and I wrote this in the four-hour school day, when a child is laying out in the grass and they're watching the clouds and just contemplating, that's productivity to me. I count that as because daydreaming and using our imagination and thinking about God and looking at his creation is productive. It is something that feeds our souls. Um, the things I didn't allow was a bunch of gaming. Now, sometimes I would get, I, I gave them a very short time to game every day, but it came at the end of this independent time. They had to go produce and be creative and do all of that first. And then if they wanted to play, they had a short amount of time to play at that point. Okay, so after the free time or the exploring, that that independent time, I guess, is what I I refer to it as in the four-hour school day. Now, here's another little gap in here that I did not uh, put in this sample schedule. I did what was called um, odd job time. And this was about 4, 4.30 in the afternoon. So you know how when you are going throughout your day and you're, you're, you're doing homeschooling, you're fixing a meal, breakfast or lunch, or you're in the kitchen or whatever, 
just going throughout your house throughout the day, you notice some things are really out of place. A cupboard has just been disasterized. You don't know when it happened. You don't know who did it. Doesn't really matter. Just needs to be put back in order. I call them hot spots. Um, you know, maybe there's a big Lego disaster in one of the rooms and you're like, I don't even know when that happened. Some explosion went off and Legos are everywhere. There's no order here. We need to bring order to that. I would write these things down on a piece of paper. I'd have the piece of paper on my counter and it was a list of odd jobs. And at 4 or 4.30, I would call everybody in from that independent time or their gaming or whatever they were doing at that moment towards the end. I would say, okay, it's odd job time. And if they came quickly, I did a lot of different ways, but I would sometimes just have the list out there and I would say, put your name next to the thing that you want to do. So if they were quick and they got there quickly, they got their choice of jobs. If they didn't, you know, they were just stuck with whatever was left. Sometimes I would assign the tasks if it was something that I felt like I wanted a particular child to do. Um, but it really helped keep order in our home. And so that was something that happened between the free time, independent time, and the next thing, which was baths if needed, okay? So now we're looking at it's about 5, 5.15, something like that. And so I would alternate who took showers and baths because with that many kids, you know, it, we, it was too long of a process for everybody to do it every day. So we did sort of an every other day thing. And people knew when it was their bath day or when it wasn't. And occasionally there was that, that child who just rolled in the mud and it's not their bath night, but they're going to get a bath. So that was what that time was for. And then there was dinner prep. I usually had a helper, usually an assigned person to set the table, maybe an assigned person to help me with the meal um, because that was a meal that I cooked. Now, as our kids got older, I had our kids take over breakfast and lunch, but I always did dinner. And one thing that I did earlier in the day um, as part of my responsibilities early in the day was I would make sure that either the night before or the morning of, I knew what we were having for dinner for meals that day. Usually the kids had their own things that they liked to make for breakfast and lunch. So I just made sure those things were in the house and I let them, you know, they had their assigned days for breakfast and lunch and they would fix the thing that they liked to make. Um, but I also had to make sure that, you know, maybe the meat was thawing for the next, for that night, or I just, I had a plan. I knew what was happening. Sometimes I would use my, my crock pot. I'd get that going first thing in the morning, but I had a plan. So when dinner prep rolled around, I knew what I was doing. It wasn't a long, arduous process and we could get through it fairly quickly and get a good, simple meal on the table. So after dinner, while we're still around the table, we did our Bible reading because you know what it's like when the kids leave. It's like herding cats to get them back there. You know, they're just like, I don't want to come back. So we thought while they're sitting there, even while they're maybe even finishing eating, we would get out the Bible and we would have our Bible time with them and we would have discussion and conversation. And I am such a fan of eating dinner together at least four nights a week. There is research out there that proves it has proven so clearly that kids who eat dinner with their family for at least three or four nights a week are far less likely to fall into things like drugs and alcohol and just, you know, just a bad way. So I believe dinner time is a gift from the Lord. And so we want to, our kids learn so much 
around the dinner table. We can take advantage of that time. My husband would often talk about was the kids got older economics and politics. And, you know, there was occasionally an argument at the table. So there would be heated discussions. There would be debates. Sometimes there would be arguments and we would have to talk through things. But it's a wonderful time to connect as a family. So after Bible reading, there was dinner cleanup. Kids had their assigned things for that as well. And we did another final tidy if necessary. That's not on the sample schedule on page 54, so you can add that to it if you want to. Can you tell I like order? (laughs) And after that was family time. Whatever we decided to do, you know, in the summertime, we might go outside for a while. We might start a fire in the fire pit. Um, Sometimes we would do some read-alouds. Sometimes we would watch a show, you know? It's just whatever we was just a good fit for that particular season. Um, We, of course, were very particular about what we watched. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, keeping things clean and... um, and, you know, more beneficial type things, sometimes a documentary, but usually not because my husband doesn't like those. I think we went through Murder, She Wrote, as the kids got older, about two or three times. And there's like 12 seasons. The kids actually go now as adults are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we watched that so many times. But it's a memory. And, it, you know, so there's a bond there even from that. So there was family time. And then it was time to get on pajamas, uh, pray, and go to bed. And so sometimes we would pray together as a family. We did that around the dinner table as well. But sometimes, uh, you know, we pray with the kids before they went to bed. Um, You know, and, and so that was kind of how our day looked. And it depended on, you know, what age the kids were as to what time they went to bed. But we did not typically let our, even our older ones as teenagers stay up past nine. We were like, you know, if you want to go to bed and read for a while, But, you know, my husband and I needed some time together as well. So sometimes we ask them to go to bed a little bit earlier. But that is essentially what our routine looked like and sort of the whys behind it. So I hope, you know, that what stands out to you are just the possibilities that God might have for you. Maybe some tweaks that he wants you to make. Um, Again, be prayerful about it. Just pray over it. Do what works for your family. But my point is that God is not a God of chaos, but of order. And this routine helped me keep order in our home. But I want to give you a little bit of a reminder that this isn't just about, it's actually not about being a well-oiled machine. That is not the goal of what we're doing. We want to keep some order. We want to have some routine. It's good for everybody. But we're raising children by training and disciplining and discipling them in godliness. And running the household and that that routine that we have is one of the tools that we and God can use to do just that. But that's our priority. We want to raise godly children. So a schedule or a routine should be your servant, not your master. It's a tool that we use, but we yield it like all things to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for the reminder that you are a God of order. Thank you that we have the privilege to teach our kids that as believers, we have um, 
just this gift from God to bring order to chaos, to bring peace to a place where, you know, peace wouldn't otherwise be. We thank you that in doing so, we are reflecting your image and we are reflecting who Christ is. And so, Lord, I just pray that as we go into um, our family life and our routines and as we make tweaks and we pray over what it is you have for us, God, help us to be open to hear what you have to say. Help us not to be controlling about these routines and these schedules, but to yield them to you and to be diligent, to be faithful, to persevere, and to continue to plod because we know that that plodding and that perseverance pays off. You said in your word um, that we should not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 